Hi, uh, this is Nadia from zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. Dr. Geeta, it's such a pleasure to have you to have you on our session today. It is such an honor for me, let me say that in the beginning itself. Ma'am is such a renowned person and she has 30 years of experience. Well, I will introduce her pretty soon after I introduce myself properly and the company. So coming to zenonco.io, doctor, uh, zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer, we guide cancer patients in their treatment journey and integrative with an integrative oncological treatment approach. And today's session is all about spreading the awareness and educating cancer patients all around. Dr. Geeta, let me take this opportunity to introduce you. Ma'am has a rich and profound experience of more than 30 years in the medical field. She has over 35 publications in the National Journals of Anesthesiology, Pain and Palliative Care. She's an anesthesiologist and also specializes mainly in pain and palliative care. Ma'am, on today's World World Hospice Care Day and Palliative Care Day, it is an honor for me to be speaking to you, ma'am. Over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course, I like that uh, this uh, message of about palliative care to the patient should reach to the people who really need them. Yes, ma'am. That is exactly our intention. We have, we have, it is an honor for us to have you today, someone so renowned in this field to be talking to us and sharing such insightful knowledge on this. Thank you so much for taking the time out, ma'am, from your busy schedule. Really, thank you. Shall we move to the question and answer session? Sure. Great, ma'am. Great. Um, Coming to my first question, ma'am. If you were to talk about a few misconceptions on palliative care, uh, what would you say supposed to be? Yeah, there are lots of misconceptions uh, on part of doctors, unfortunately, on parts of patients and uh, on part of stakeholders as well. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, like uh, coming to doctors, many of us uh, doctors, our doctors, do not know about palliative care. It is not their fault because palliative care is not the part of the syllabus at MBBS teaching level. Right. So they are not exposed to this subject at all. Uh, but uh, now the things are moving. Now since we have post-graduation uh, courses in palliative care, people have come to know about it, about its services, and things are improving. That is one thing. Secondly, patients. Patients also, they have lots of hope about curing their patients, you know. And they always feel that palliative care is uh, given only when the, uh, the disease is not curable. And it is given only for the patients who are dying. So these two misconceptions holds them back from taking the services of palliative care. Uh, and even if they are referred to palliative care, they feel that it is like giving up the treatment and now we are, we are helpless. That's why we are sent to palliative care. So these, these misconceptions, because of these misconceptions, uh, people do not get this uh, very wonderful care which they need, they deserve, and which can be given by any medical professional who is trained in palliative care. So th- these are the misconceptions. 
another misconception uh, is that um, uh, any any incurable disease or death of the patient is taken up as a medical failure and death is not talked about they, people do, uh, even doctors don't talk about it when patients and caregivers also hesitate to talk about death and that non acceptance keeps them moving ahead with the whatever cure or whatever treatment options are available they keep on moving along with them till they, they reach a dead end where their patient is not fit uh, there is no lack of treatment but there is the the patients is not fit to receive that treatment at that moment they uh, find themselves helpless and then they approach palliative care so because of this misconception it is uh, very unfortunate that many people don't get palliative care yes ma'am and where those people require palliative care it is not given yes. to them only because of these misconceptions and stigmas yes. in society yes maybe we could have saved many lives that way also and taken care uh, of many uh, people that way yeah um we could have saved many life you cannot say uh, i'm not sure but at least we could have improved the quality improved of the life quality. of many people improved the quality of life and improved the quality of quality of death also correct that is what i meant to say See, india is the worst place to yeah so india they, as per one survey india is the worst place to die because anyhow no patient uh, whatever uh, uh, disease he is suffering from even if it is incurable at last moment he is rushed to hospital he is taken inside the icu he is put on ventilator and what type of death we are giving him he is separated from the family he cannot express his last wish and all that and if uh, they accept palliative care they are given proper palliative care they can remain pain free at the before uh, at the time of their death they can remain with the family they can express their wish they can uh, talk about their last uh, wish and whatever they want to do uh, after that uh, their family to do after their death uh, so that is how uh, uh, they are, they, they are uh, deprived of a good quality of life and good quality of death is it is so important this to be able yeah. to do that doctor isn't it yeah it's so important yes coming to my next question doctor um when you talk about the objectives of palliative care while giving the care what to what are the main objectives we need to keep in mind uh a main objective of palliative care is to improve quality of life of patient and not only patient even the caregiver even the person who is looking after the patient even the family who is looking after uh, undergoing all these uh, problems and issues regarding the chronic illness so that is the main objective for achieving those objective we cover the many aspect of a person see the person is not a made up of only physic he has a psychological aspect social aspect spiritual aspect financial aspect and as a palliative care physician we address all this aspect we relieve their pain we relieve their uh, 
symptoms we are bothering them and along with that we give uh, them uh, we try to evaluate their psychosocial issues what is bothering them what is making them worry what is uh, anxiety what is the fear how they tre- uh, take this disease at this stage how they feel about it what they feel uh, about their uh, own being in this uh, uh, universe uh, how they uh, uh, connected to the spirituality all these issues we consider we address them communicate with them counsel them and that is how we try to achieve so we make them as comfortable as possible make them as at peace with themselves even family even caregivers and we try to resolve their issues yes doctor doctor you were speaking about psychological social spiritual problems it actually goes into my next question um when it comes to these problems uh, of a patient how is palliative care ensuring that the patient is taken care of in a more holistic manner yeah so first and foremost we open up the dialogue with the patient and caregiver there is always uh, communication estab very good communication established with the patient like one of our patient uh, old man with a cancer of the tongue he had a huge growth in the tongue he was not able to speak so you can imagine that how aggressive he was and whole throughout his life he was very dominant person taking care of taking all the decisions in the family and now he is not able to speak he was so aggressive that he used to beat his wife is to so tantrum to his uh, he will not take medicine and all such thing we try to explore then we uh, uh, luckily he was able to write okay. otherwise many of our patients are illiterate then it's very difficult to communicate with them so he expressed one day that i want to play tabla we quite from the family why he wants to play tabla He's, he was a mill worker he said no it was his hobby to play tabla every day evening he used to gather people around and play tabla at night so we got him tabla then he said i want to paint this tabla in my own way we got him paints also next day onward he started playing tabla every day evening he will gather all uh, other patients surrounding in the hospice other beds and he used to play tabla for one hour half an hour or so whatever and that brought so much of peace with himself you know so this is the way we explore the patient's requirement patient's uh, previous history one of the patient similarly aggressive we came to know that he was very uh, kind person he used to serve people seva karta tha logo ki ja ja ke you know he used to take uh, children to school he used to give money for their books and all such thing and now he is almost all dependent so we explore their past we call this dignity therapy also that whatever good every person has done something good in life we tell them to narrate that we uh, talk about it we uh, convey this story to their uh, children their uh, caregiver you no know? so bring up their 
good quality of uh, life they had already spent and talk about such things and that is how we address the psychosocial issues right ma'am that is such a beautiful example you gave us there i was so caught up i i am also interested in music and when you said a musical instrument it is mm. very beautiful i i can imagine the peace it might have given him yeah. yes yes ma'am mm. um coming to the cancer symptoms the symptoms of it the side effects um, all of this play a big part of it on the patient's physical mental emotional status how does palliative care at least try to reduce it and manage it in a better manner help the patient cope with yeah. this uh as per old concept uh palliative care used to start only when the curative treatment is over patient were referred to palliative care when all chemotherapy radiotherapy everything is over then he will refer to palliative care. but as per the new concept palliative care and all this curative treatment goes hand in hand patient should be referred to palliative care department right at the time of diagnosis so right from the beginning he establishes rapport with the doctors and staff over there uh, secondly whatever small small problems he has suppose he has been advised biopsy and uh, he has somebody his friend has said ke no no biopsy nahi karane ka don't undergo biopsy it will spread your cancer he wants to have Uh, answer to all this confusion so he will he can talk to palliative care specialist and uh, such issues can be resolved many of our patients are not ready for chemotherapy or radiation radiation therapy they they have been told by relatives or somebody that it will cause so much of side effect then we uh, they can be referred to us we counsel them why there is a fear what what, what is the background because of that he has developed this fear for the radiotherapy and also thing we explore and try to convince them and they get ready for the so uh, palliative care is integrated care can be given along with chemotherapy radiotherapy surgery whatever the patient is undergoing and uh, that can improve the outcome of the patient definitely there are number of study number 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 of studies where early palliative care reference has got better outcome of the patient they survive for a longer time they have got better quality of life they have got less side effects and they can manage their side effects uh, this has been there in the reviews of uh, many literature and it has been proved yes ma'am and in your experience how uh, could you give us a few examples yeah uh, one of my patient who was a school teacher uh, and he had a head and neck uh, he had cancer of the buccal mucosa of the cheek and uh, he was on uh, the radiotherapy for after surgery he was given radiotherapy after four to five radiotherapy he started developing ulcers in his mouth and he he refused that i don't want to take radiotherapy anymore somehow he came to me some with reference also and we treated his uh, mouth ulcers build up his moral 
that this is a temporary phase you have to just undergo you might have to bear some pain we are there with you to relieve your pain and suffering and all your issues uh then he was not able to take anything by mouth we make make made him undergo a small operation and a tube tube was inserted in his, his stomach we call it pack tube through which he started getting food his liquid diet and uh, he completed the radiotherapy and he uh, his cancer was cured uh he remained disease free for uh, about 2 years and then he developed a, a, a recurrence but uh, so this is the thing that uh, the, these patients when they are undergoing whether curative treatment or whatever they have got many small small issues if you address them uh, it really helps you know uh and and you have to individualize the treatment individual requirements are different from patient to patient so some of, many of the patient will not like tube in the uh, in the nostril so we give them option of having tube in the stomach which will be covered under his shirt yes right so yes. it will not be visible and it is a temporary thing after radiotherapy it can be pulled out yes like like that so uh, the, such uh, things we have to evaluate and we can address that if uh, proper palliative care is given yes ma'am yeah um coming to my fourth question ma'am uh, if we were to control or not not just control if we were to manage pain and stress when it comes to patients in palliative care um how do we do that effectively so that the quality of their life can be improved yeah uh, it is not one time job that let me tell you it requires various different sessions of uh, communication with the patient uh, sometimes more than four or five sessions and during each session you have to uh, set your goal what is the goal of the uh, this communication like uh, a patient is not ready to um, undergo surgery right then yes. you have to call him uh, why what is the background why he wants to refuse surgery what are his fears about this you you make note of all this then do documentation uh, after each uh, uh, session then again you can call him again and again explore some may new points might have come up some old points uh, all his queries might have solved but some new queries might have come up then now he is worried that now if i remain in hospital for 15 days what will happen to my son's exam then you have to call relative and sort out that son is appearing for exam what is the issue can he be managed at home he needs all such reassurance you know of all, all his worries and uh, that is how it is effective it can be solved right ma'am um coming to elaborating on the preparedness that we talk about the family as well as the patient we were talking yeah. about all the patient all this time uh like you said before the caregiver the family we have to prepare them to make them sure about this is the treatment that they are going to receive right ma'am how do we make it in such a way that they feel more satisfied that the treatment they are getting is yes this is the treatment that i should be getting in a dignified manner 
Uh, whatever we talk to them, you know, is a truth. Yes. Uh, reality. Reality put up in a very good way, you know, not bluntly, no, no, you are going to die within one month, you know, nothing can be done, nothing like that, you know. And we uh, we try to get answer from them only. Like, what do you think about your uh, disease? Have you heard about cancer? Have you have any of your friend had cancer? How it happened? And how he behaved with him? What do you think about your problem? If he has he he has some misconception, a myth about his disease, we try to correct that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it is a reality approach, uh, always telling the truth, uh, uh, not uh, hiding anything from the patient and caregiver and uh, patient's autonomy. Whatever patient wants to know, we tell them very really. If patient feels that, no, I don't want to do, know about anything about my disease or anything, you tell my wife only. I'm uh, Whatever decision she takes, it is fine. Then it is also fine. We talk to wife and uh, whatever her questions are there, whatever her issues are there, whatever her anxiety, anxiety and uh, confusion is there, we address them. So uh, telling truth, and reality is the basic thing of uh, about uh, communication with uh, these patients. And uh, I feel we, we really uh, tell tell them proper picture, you know, right from the this thing that this suppose uh, I I may quote one patient uh, patients who who are diagnosed recently with the cancer. We tell them properly that this is not the disease like appendix and it will get cured within one month and you'll be back to your job. Yes. Right. What are the things they will be facing? What are the types of treatment? What are the side effects? And also things it should be told in elaboration, you know, and uh, all, his, all their problems, like such small problem, like um, son is having exam or beti ki shadi hai. How can I undergo surgery or how can I start chemotherapy? My daughter is likely to undergo getting married. So all such issues we address them. Right, ma'am. So what you're saying is we have to tell them exactly how it is so that they know yeah. in, a, in a very dignified manner. So that they know very dignified. You were yes. saying that? Ha, dignified manner and uh, truth, not hiding anything, you know. That is the main. Yes, because the family tends to protect the patient. Yeah. They tend to protect them from uh, knowing in such a situation, they tend to protect them from knowing the exact truth. But you believe yeah, that, that, is that Yeah, that situation is called collusion, where family doesn't want patient to know about the diagnosis or stage of the disease and something like that. That is called collusion. Uh, then we try to find out what is the reason for the collusion. Sometimes, uh, most of the time, patient uh, caregiver is worried about patient's uh, emotional reactions and all such things. That's why they don't want to tell the patient. But sometimes there is some other reasons also, uh, which we uh, may not be, patient may not be knowing or we also may not be knowing. So we try to explore why they don't want to tell them. Secondly, we tell them, we explain them, it is better that 
patient should know about the diagnosis or stage of the disease because then he can take proper decision about his life. After all, it is his life. He has to take decision. So if he knows about his disease and stage of the disease, he can take proper decision of the whatever life is remaining. Secondly, if he doesn't get, uh, if he's not told about his disease and if he keeps on getting some complications, some side effects, he will not, he will lose trust on doctor and hospital. Right. So he will tell you, he will tell family, this doctor is not correct, you take me to another doctor. They will keep on moving around, uh, moving around from one doctor to another doctor. And that will put more burden on the family. So we explain the family all these pros and cons about breaking the collusion. And, uh, they, and, and we tell them that we will tell the patient slowly in a proper way with your permission. Only if you permit, then only we'll do it. And uh, uh, even patient patient's autonomy means patient's decision that if he wants to know about the disease, then we tell the patient. Yes, ma'am, because it is it is the patient's right to know what is happening right. to him and it is the patient's right to make his own decisions. Yeah. You have to always respect that. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Geeta, ma'am, for being with us today. Oh, it thank is you so much. On World Hospice Care and Palliative Care Day, it is an honor for me to be talking to someone like you. Thank you so much. On behalf of zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, ma'am. Um, it has been so many, so many uh, questions would have been answered. Our viewers are watching this right now and so many questions are answered. It's going to benefit so many people. And thank you so much for taking the time from your busy schedule yeah. to be with us, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It was a nice talking to you and I hope I have uh, satisfied all the viewers by your questions and proper answers and uh, they can connect me in future wherever they need any of the, uh, such guidance from my side about palliative care. Thank you very much. Definitely, ma'am. Definitely. Keep inspiring all of us with your work, the beautiful and brilliant work that you are doing out there. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Oh, I, I leave the meeting. Can yes, I leave the meeting? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you.